Can I just say one thing out loud? Yeah, of course. Nobody is reading my 13,500 word profile of Raffaele Mancini. And <laughs> they I should. Don't they should. It's care. very, very good. Anyone who doesn't read this, you know what? You don't know what you're missing. And there, I don't it's, care. It's, it's going to take some time. You don't it's, deserve me. It's, it's, it's going to take some time to generate some numbers. But why don't you tell us, why don't you tell us about your big thing? No, I I'm I, I'm I love I'm, it. Ed. Ed wrote this. I know week, you do. I I don't want to talk about the actual content I do. of the thing. Ed because wrote this week a huge. I don't want to talk about the content either. I want you to tell us about the thing. So Raffaele Mincioni is the is the businessman. He's the guy who the, sold the Vatican, the London building. That's, he's the guy who sold the Vatican, yeah. the London building. He's the businessman at the center of the Vatican trial controversy, and he has been saying no to interviews for to us for five, six years, something like that, yeah. and uh, not doing any interviews with anybody, and then. Ed had this extraordinary opportunity to interview him. So again, I don't want to talk so much about the content of the interview. I just want to hear about how how did this happen and how did it go? Uh, a friend of the show, believe it or not, found himself on vacation in, That's I think, right. Greece. And did you send the story to that guy? Because we you owe that guy a great debt of I do. I, I haven't yet, but I'm, I'm going to. Um yeah, he they, he was on vacation, I think, in Greece, and like met the Mincioni's at a party, and got to talking about the Vatican financial scandal. Because I would imagine, if you're Rafael Mincioni, you're not allowed to talk about anything else when you meet people. Um, that's you know, it's kind of a big deal, and you know, Mincioni was telling him all about you know how he his side of the story hadn't been heard that he you know he wasn't getting his chance to you know actually say what happened from his point of view and that no you know he he tried giving a couple interviews back in the early days and he just got you know taken for sound bites and you know written into a corner and so he didn't like it he was done with that and you know was full of strident opinions about the Vatican prosecution and how the trial was being conducted and the whole thing and Again, friend of the show, God bless him. Uh, said you should you should talk to the pillar. So that happened, and so then Mincioni's team sort of reached out to you, and no, then- Mincioni did. I mean, this is the thing. This guy, um, this friend of ours, put put us in contact, like just like WhatsApped the two of us, and said you guys should talk. And so you went up to New York a couple of weekends ago to interview him. I was. We're both. Oh, I was in Rome already, wasn't I? Or you were in Rome already, and I was in yeah, New okay. York. Yeah, I was in Rome already, and so you went to New York, and uh, which is a city you don't like going to. Um, and you I sort of hate New down. York so much. But, and you have been writing about this guy now for many, many years. I mean, I remember every single eureka moment of this, of putting together this entire case, well before anyone was indicted. You've been. This has been your. I am in many respects Raphael Mincioni's biggest fan and have been for years. I mean, I have spent more hours poring over corporate filings in Luxembourg and, you know, companies' house records in London. And, you know, I have been I have been fangirling this guy, not in the most positive way, um, but in the most obsessive way for a number of years. I, I, I think you have been his most ambitious chronicler. It has never been my impression that you have been his a fan or not. But well, I'm, certainly fan, I'm a fan of the most. topic of Raphael Mencioni. So what was it like after all of that to sort of just sit down across from the man, order a gin and tonic and get to work? It was very unusual. I, I, I was surprised. I mean, he is an extremely um, – he's an extremely – personal and friendly guy. I I absolutely have to give him that. And I was shocked by that because, and I mean, he mentioned this in the course of our 
several hours of conversations, you know, he's not unaware of who I am. He's read my reporting, he which was has critical, been actually, he was critical of our work in the context of your interview. Well, he was critical him. of our work, but at the same time, I mean, I, look, this is something we talked about, and it is reflected in in this enormous thing that we published today. Um, you know, he said, but you know, you were so critical of all of these deals that I did with Tortsy. Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to do a parenthetical on who Tortsy is. You either know or you don't at this point. You either know or you don't know. Tortsy's a guy um, in the case. Tortsy's a guy in the case. And he said, you're, you're so critical of, you know, the deals I did with Tortsy and they were perfectly innocent. And they all made total sense. I was like, not from what I can see from, you know, the, all I can see are the records. All I can see is where the money went, what it went on and what that was when I deep dove into it. So you give Tortsy several million dollars of the Vatican's money on a junk bond full of fraudulent hospital receivables with mob links. Like that, that, like there's no good look to that. And he's like, yeah, but here's how it actually happened. And this is the deal he offered me. And this is how we did due diligence. And it's a compelling answer.